What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Chris Featherstone here for you in another episode of Unscripted. Listen, it's Tuesday night. You know what that means. I have some of the biggest, the baddest, the best wrestlers of today and yesteryear. And guess what? Tonight is no different. Why? You always ask me that question every week. Today's no different because we have the champion of champions, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it, there's a, I'm, I, I've been a wrestling fan, as many know, for uh, 36 six years i think as long as this guy's been alive i think actually um i promise i'm not too too much older than he is i promise but at the same time i've i was a little kid when i started watching wrestling and uh you know it's 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 i'm a traditional wrestling fan i love traditional wrestling i love wrestlers that look like wrestlers that look regal and look cavalier and look like they just breathe a different type of air and this guy has that aura to him that he just breathes a different type of air and, and his wrestling uh, character. And I, I love that. I love those type of wrestlers. I'm a big fan of that. And uh, there was a company that, you know, he, he ran, he was basically the, the, the face of for a long time. And uh, he, 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 he had that different type of air. He's been champion in many promotions, ladies and gentlemen, and he's not done yet. He's still got, there's a big thing coming up, big, big event coming up in a few weeks. He's going to continue to be the workhorse that he is, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to continue to breathe that different type of air that only him and some a few other people can share that air with them, but not many. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Nick Aldis. How are you tonight? Hey, doctor, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that, 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 let's just let's just tie a bow on it now. I mean, I can't follow that. I, I mean, I, nothing will nothing will take me higher than that, and um, I, I appreciate that very much. I, I I don't feel like I'm breathing rarefied air right now. This is past my bedtime. Yeah, Indeed. dude, I'm Indeed. I, I'm a dad. I'm a dad when I'm not when I'm not wrestling. I'm a dad, and I'm 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 uh, I'm it's way past my bedtime. I hear you, man. I'm an, I'm a night owl. Man. I've got I've got three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to be Mickey. Mickey's a night owl, so it's kind of like yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm an early riser now. I, I usually get up about five a.m. and, and kind of get some get some work done and stuff yeah. before before the school stuff and everything starts because I'm just I'm better at locking in and getting on with my work, like running the business and stuff like that. I'm better at doing that as soon as I wake up, like no distractions, just straight to it. Get some deep work done, and then I can sort of work out and figure out the rest of my day yeah yeah it's interesting because a lot of people are either those early risers or the night owls i'm a night owl and i kind of have that same type of mindset i usually go to sleep between 12 and 2 although i have to be up at 7 7 15 in the morning with three kids ah, yeah. you know what i mean right. and uh school and stuff like that although my wife does a fantastic job doing that uh, you know, it's still interesting. I'm a, I'm a therapist, so I still got to get up early and, uh, and, and get ready and, get, and start with my clients. But I'm right. still sleep between 12 and 2 because similar to what you're talking about with the 5 o'clock, I'm like that with like 1.30 a.m. Just mm. the world is sleep. You know, everybody's just kind of resting. And that that's the time that I just kind of recharge. I'm reading. Yeah. I'm thinking. I'm just reflecting. I'm doing all those things. And so I yeah, love that's, that, that's That's what Mickey's like for sure. Mm, good stuff before we uh, get into these questions man uh you've got a big event coming up in a few weeks yeah contest of champions in um tom's river new jersey i'm uh i'm very excited about this event 
um there's it's a it's a really great lineup and uh, uh um i can't remember uh, i know that there's uh, i know that it, the, there's some fundraising involved with the show um and i i forget what the cause is now so i apologize but um it's uh, it's it's a great group of guys who are putting it together uh and um the lineup is you know it's really high quality it's uh, i know that um matt cardona is going to be there tommy dreamer is going to be there sergeant slaughter Addie's maggots Sarge is going to be there uh sting is going to be there right is uh, <laughs> did, I, did i see that right that stinger's going to be there he's going to be there there i mean come on man this is this is uh this is high level stuff so i'm 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 blessed to be a part of it good stuff man good stuff and that's december 3rd right yes yeah december 3rd tom's river new jersey fantastic all right man uh before we uh before we get into uh, these these questions, man, anything else uh, coming up the pike that you want to plug? Um, no, I will say that um, fans in the uh, New York area, uh, I did just confirm um, a, a date for Dece- another date for December, uh, and it looks like I'm going to be wrestling a guy who I have wanted to get in there with for a very very long time. So um, keep an eye out on my socials for the next couple of days when that gets uh, official announced. Um, Cause uh, I'm looking forward to that one. And that one will be, that's another good show with, uh, I think it's going to have a high quality lineup, but yeah, this, this, this guy I've, I've wanted to, I've wanted to mix it up with him for a long, long time. Fantastic. Yeah. And clearly he's purposely not saying the guy's name for, so just to wet your appetite. To and, uh, look, 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 I'm business, man. Hey, <laughs> the, the promotion, uh, we, we just, we, we just, uh, we just confirmed it um, today, actually me and the, the promoters. So good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So you ready to dive into these questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Rorito's asking, uh, who were your idols growing up in wrestling and what was your toughest feud? uh idols growing up so anyone who's um heard me or followed me you know closely will know that um bret hart was my guy very much uh a hitman fan um he i I think he was the first wrestler that as a kid i thought oh he's the coolest one you know he he was cool like there was something about bret he felt younger and fresher and just, he felt more cool. Like he didn't, you know, maybe it's cause I'm British and we, you know, we lean to be a little towards being a bit more understated. Mm. Um, but you know, I remember being able to identify that I knew Hulk Hogan was the biggest name. I knew Hogan was, you know, everyone knew who Hulk Hogan was and I loved ultimate warrior. Like a lot of kids did mm. like he was, but you know, guys like that, don't get me wrong like that's a that's a major part of the business um and at that especially at that period of time it was you know that was definitely the flavor that people wanted but maybe because i was really i was a big sports kid you know my dad was a rugby player and i played all kinds of sports i was the youngest brother so you know i was super competitive always trying to play sports it did everything i mean you know football swimming judo tennis i mean just like just on and on and on and Brett, I don't know, he had that feeling of he felt more like a an, a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. Like he had that sort of vibe about him, he, like he was taking it seriously. And it was like you didn't and it, and I think later on I thought about this. I think I think when I was younger, it was kind of like you weren't 
quite as uh, embarrassed, you know, by Brett. Like, as a, you know, if you had people like you, like my mum and dad watch wrestling and they watch this, you know, with and if you got like a crazed lunatic who's like, you know, super tan and oiled up and screaming at the, you know, screaming down the camera, like we think that's cool, but like it's not as easy to justify to someone who, but like Brett, you know, you could see people kind of go, well, he's kind of cool, you know. Yeah, relatable. Yeah. So Brett was probably the first one. And then obviously, as I progressed and started to sort of, once it, like, once I really sort of articulated, like, I love the business. Um, I, and I think I want to do this. Maybe I, you know, started sort of formulating that thing. That was a, around the time where rock was the man, like 2000 rock and triple H mm-hmm. like the attitude era and stuff that was captivating me, but I was still, I was like, a young, I think, you know, I was sort of 12, 13 as that was sort of coming up. Mm-hmm. So hadn't quite got to, I was like, I was completely enamored by it but I wasn't yet getting to that point where I was going, I think I might want to do this. That was probably 2000. So it was like rock and triple H were the two guys that I was, you know, just completely enamored with. And, and, you know, start that's, those are the guys that sort of made me, you know, I want to be like that. Yeah. Nice. Um, And he, he asked, he asked about my toughest, do you say toughest feud? Yeah. Well, I, I guess it depends how you mean by tough. I mean, obviously, you know, the rivalry with Cody is brought up a lot. I don't, you know, I mean, it was very, very even, you know, very competitive, uh, probably the most competitive feud because like we competed on everything, you know, and, and obviously we have, uh, we, we have one victory each. So, you know, I guess that, that one was, is probably the, uh, the, the most like, um, uh, what's the word, uh, stalemate-ish, you know, <laughs> it's also the one that's kind of like locked horns, you know, yeah. no, no conclusion. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, interesting with the with the Bret Hart uh, thing. You know, growing up being a Bret Hart fan, I'm a sucker for good theme songs, Nick. And uh, the, dude, we were just talking about this. Like, so I, I I there was some clips of the because yeah. it's because 25 years since Montreal, and so there's been all these clips going around, and like. Mm-hmm. I heard Mickey Audrey and it was, you know, Brett's entrance stuff. And I was just saying, you just amazing. like yeah. that music, man, was yep, just, yep. yeah. It's like so important. Drumming and uh, yeah. You remember, do you remember that commercial when the little boy was the little the kid? Channel? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Shades, yeah. I, I, I remember that vividly. So hundred percent. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, he had that, he had that different kind of aura to him, mm-hmm. you know, like a sort of, like more of an athlete like he you know really felt like someone that you know you could look up to yeah like a role model you know yeah yeah good stuff kelvin's asking uh, hello Nick. big fan how was being a part of the main event mafia with kurt angle sting and samoa joe uh just very very flattering you know i always felt out of place <laughs> uh i remember when i was told i was gonna <clears throat> be in it and i remember just thinking that can't be right you know i'm not like i'm i'm not i'm not there yet and um and and then it was you know sting and, and kurt and stuff would set you know they sat me down with with the with the um creative team and said no no, no look, like here's here's what we're going for like we want we don't want it to be like the last like the last main event mafia we want this one to be different we want this one to be like past present future mm-hmm. You know, and and that, and obviously, again, that's a you know, major major compliment. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was 
it was a really fun part of my run there because yeah. it was because I got the rub, you know, I mean, it worked. It was, I'd really, I got the rub from those guys. Like that was a good example of when doing something like that really helped. Um, I already, I was get, I had got the rub from Joe, like totally got the rub from Joe in the leading up to that. And then that was a sort of continuation of it where it was kind of like, okay, he got the rub from Joe. He kind of uh, held his own. Okay. Now let's, you know, let's go a step further. And a lot of that was sting sting. Always. He always spoke up for me. Yeah, he was always really good about that stuff. Uh, now, who was a part of the creative around that time? Um, uh, David Lagana. Um, I'm trying to think. So it was, it was right around the time that it was transitioning from, like Eric Bischoff was still there. Okay. It, but it was it was John Gaburik. Yeah, it was just, the was big. Big, he had big, big had just got there like he had oh, okay. just got there like he came in his first day was in i know we were i remember we were in louisville hmm. and that was his first day and like i remember because you know we he we had like a one-on-one -on -one. he took me took me took me to the side and said like you know I, i'm i'm gonna give you a big push nice. um or was that because i was kind of already i was kind of already heading that way and mm -hmm. he kind of went uh, you know i just want you to know like i'm i'm you know i'm all about this and you know whatever and i just kind of went yeah i won't let you down nice. um and um yeah so i think he was uh, I, I bruce was there too because i remember being quite nervous about the the like the promo the debut of the mafia stuff mm -hmm. and it was in vegas and i remember that i was you know, I really knew that it was sort of like a, I had one chance to get it right. And it was a sink or swim sort of thing. And I remember coming back and Bruce being like, nailed it, you know, like great job on the promo. And I was like, Whew, you know, cause it was, it's scary when you've got, you know, three stars yeah, and they're already out in the ring and now they're going to go. And the fourth guy is, it, you know, it, it, I was sitting there going like, this could be a massive popcorn fart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it luckily it, it wasn't, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like it blew the roof off the place either, but it got, but it got a, a positive enough mm -hmm. response where I went, Oh, okay, cool. And then, and then I, I had cut a good enough promo. I was always confident enough in my mic skills, you know? So I was kind of like, as long as they didn't totally fart on me on the way out, I was like, okay, cool. And then, and then I had the the promo, and the promo kind of, you know, sealed it. So then we were all yeah. right. We're off to the races. Very nice. Aaron's asking. Uh, I was in Fairfax, Virginia, for the ROH TV uh, taping leading up to All In. As a fan, your program with Cody was so much fun. How much fun was it for you? You uh, you briefly spoke on that, but. What are the chances of seeing a rubber match, EX? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, there's always a chance. Uh, obviously, you know, something pretty significant would have to happen for that to uh, be a possibility currently. Um, I I loved that angle. That that's that to me is the most enjoyable stretch in my career. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you why. Because it felt like it really had this sort of old school feel to it. Not, be, not, not because of what we did. Cause I thought what we did was actually pretty cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, the way we did it, like I thought a lot of it was pretty innovative. Um, but the, the, the fact that it was like 
it, there wasn't this there wasn't this plan you know it wasn't like it wasn't a creative team and there wasn't a you know there wasn't this sort of uh, you know multi-million dollar marketing machine behind it and creating all this effort it was it was he and i and we were just sort of just just going by the seat of our pants do you know what i mean like where should we go next what about this yeah now let's do this this will keep it going it was all very organic like and it felt more like how they would have done like it felt more like how somebody like harley race or Mm-hmm. dusty or rick or something would have done a would have done a program with each other when you know if they were working in a territory or something like mm-hmm. let's you know let's see how they react okay right now let's do this all oh, like you know they're biting on it let's capitalize on it hey what about this you know there was there was we just knew we just knew the finish line you know we just knew like you know what we want to get to right we know what the moment is as i just remember that was it just, it really kind of, it really gave, it really taught me a lot, like in terms of it really gave me this epiphany of like, if you, if you, if you always focus on like, what's the moment at the end of this, right? Like what's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? If you don't lose sight of that, yeah. you'll always end up doing something good. If you, if, if the thing at the end is like worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think so often in wrestling, it's, it's so easy to just overthink stuff and overcomplicate stuff and, and, you know, tinker with it too much or, or try to start with too much and, and not let the people kind of tell you like, we're digging this, right? Like we're feeling this over here. And then you go, okay, cool. They're feeling that. So like, how do we go with them? Right. This is very, to me, I always feel like it should be a very, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship between like the booker and the audience. Mm-hmm. Cause you're kind of yeah. like, what are you digging? Okay, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down, you know, like, and then right, cool, right, let's go over here. So, and that's how we did it, and it just, and it, you know, obviously, it's, it's just no better feeling than when it works. So, and that worked. What's the what's the fine line with that though? Like, it's it's one of those things that, you know, fans can be a bit fickle at times, yeah, and you know, just kind of oscillating quite a bit, and so keeping the eyes on the end game versus organically just kind of feeling what the pulse of the crowd is that has to be a very very it's kind of fine type of detection there yeah you're right i think it i think it starts with how over someone is sure and cody was over Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i and and look i'm not i i feel like i have a very realistic um assessment of that whole situation but I think the reason it worked is because by the time we got to Chicago, I was considered credible, you know, to to a similar degree. Sure. Yeah. It would it would not have worked. It would not have had the feeling. It would it certainly wouldn't be something people are still talking about. What are we now? Four years later, mm-hmm. it still it would not be something people are still talking about. If if it had if it hadn't been uh, special to a degree, yeah. And I think. I think a big part of that was because by the, it could have very easily been a coronation for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have very easily just been, I just showed up and just, you know, been a sort of um, <laughs> necessary part of the equation, right. To just mm-hmm. sort of, okay, here, here you go. Here's your moment. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, but it, the, the pressure was on me to sort of build myself up and, and try to establish as much credibility as I could. So by the time we got there, people were like, I don't know if he's going to win this. You know, I think yeah. that this might like, I don't know which way this is going to go. 
that's basically the the perfect storm you can have when you're booking mm-hmm. is you have an outcome that people want because that's to your point that's probably the hardest thing sometimes is sometimes you go i don't know what these i don't know what the audience wants the outcome of this to be you know do they want that guy to win right. or do they want this guy to win especially now because we have a lot of like what i call dream match booking mm-hmm. which is like it's they've, they've just thought about oh this this guy versus this guy would be a great match okay cool but like what's beyond story? that yeah like that's cool once but yeah. what, what about next time yep. Yep. you know how, like the really great matches are the ones where you've got two guys who have that level of chemistry but also you're really invested in who wins mm-hmm. and yeah. so in our case it was like we just it was a perfect storm like people mm-hmm. went wow i'd love to see cody win that belt because of his father and the, how what how much it means to him and mm-hmm. look dusty and because and, and i think that you know have, dusty having passed away you know added to it it all because it was real Chris, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it was all real, like, but it, but we didn't, it wasn't real in a distasteful way. It wasn't like we weren't doing like a work shoot, you know, mm-hmm. it was, we were, we were going, no, it does mean a lot to me. Yeah. And yeah. no, dude, you are trying to this way. It. It was just yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. like, we did this, we, this thing where we had a, I remember when Cody and I were kind of discussing it once and I said, kind of boils down to like you're trying to do this for your father and i'm trying to do this as a father hmm. right because i had a young my son was uh, you know young then he was a toddler he's like three i think three or four so it's like one of the i would say one of my one of the one of the interviews i did i remember saying like everything you want to achieve as a son i want to achieve as a father so hmm. just understand that you know it means as much to me as it does to you hmm. right like in other words you're part of a dynasty. Like I'm trying to build a dynasty and it was all like, so there's nothing in it that was pretentious. It was, it it was real. Mm -hmm. And I'm going like, yeah, you want to take this from me and I've done all this work to build this thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, I get that you want this moment because I understand that it means a lot to you too. Mm -hmm. Like nobody could hear any of that and go, Oh, well that's a wrestling angle. Right. Right. (laughs) That's real. But I wasn't going, Oh, you know, you're, you know, you're this and you're that. like we had a lot of mutual respect and i think that was another part of it i think that captivated people was like these guys aren't going out and trashing each other Mm -hmm. i see so much of that now like (laughs) just you know two wrestlers just go out and just trash each other and i go okay well like why would anyone buy a ticket you know like you got to build each other up as well like you got to build each other up and then explain like as good as you are i'm better you know yeah that's not a respect factor there anymore yeah you know what i mean it's like i'm just going to tear you down and just yeah you have, yeah. have those have those promos and tearing it down before you know the match you're supposed to respect there's a level of respect that you're supposed to build each other up i think with. there's i think sometimes it's very easy to just to just go straight to i want to win you know, I want to win the promo battle. I want to win the mm-hmm. argument. Like it's a wrap. And, and they forget the fact that I, these, you know, I, what I see, I see so, sometimes I think, you know, it's okay to put somebody over in a promo segment too. Sometimes <laughs> like it's not just the match, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, and I feel like sometimes with promo segments, I feel like guys forget the fact that, well, you know, you can kind of trade it back and forth yeah. with each other, yeah. like the same way you do with matches. Because the bigger you make them look, if you beat them, you look bigger. You know what I mean? So right. if you there's bring real, them down, there's a real, there's a real, uh, there's, a, there's a real sort of like this is a real, really quick funny story. Like I remember, do you remember? You might I don't know if you how much you followed TNA, but like 
there was a very short lived uh, tag team with me and Nigel McGuinness. Oh yeah, we put us together for like, and and people were like excited about. It. We did some like we did some couple of vignettes. We went to the mall and we had Chelsea and like it was sort of yeah, like it was, uh, it was a bit like random. But then we you know it was it had something. We you know and obviously unfortunately it 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 got cut short because of Nigel having to you know retire or whatever. But um, I remember we were getting ready to do a, a, a an angle with the machine guns which I thought was great because it was a really good contrast. Like I, you know, I personally really think styles make fights. You know, I believe in that philosophy with wrestling too. Like, I think it's, you know, I think David versus Goliath is better than Goliath versus Goliath, you know, or David versus David. Um, but we had this segment with the machine guns and I love both those guys. And we were, we were kind of just, kicking around ideas for it. And I remember I thought of this funny line that they could say to us, you know, to like humiliate us as the heels. And I remember saying to, to Chris Saban being like, Hey, why don't you say like, I've got, I've got the line is about like tag teaming each other or something like, so, you know, something that was kind of like, cause it, it, there was sort of seeds of who, you know, Chelsea, like who's she into? And Nigel was like, I'm a big lady. It was something like that. Right. But it was, I've thought of some line that would totally, you know, humiliate us. And I remember Josh being like, are, are you cool with me saying that? And I went, yeah, I gave it like, <laughs> that's why I said it. Cause it will get a good pop. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, but you know, I think, and I was like, well, yeah, it's just cause like I'm a heel. Like, yeah. Humiliate me. Mm. Like I'll be mad about it. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, that's kind of the yeah. point. Good stuff. All right, a two-minute lightning round here. Let's uh, fire away with these questions. Elvis is asking, hey, champ, what's the best quality you enjoy about your lovely wife and who should induct her into the WWE Hall of Fame when she gets the call? Uh, well, she has a lot of qualities. I think for me, um, her, her positivity, um, her, you know, her just absolute kind of her, her resolute belief that you know we, like she can make something work or we can you know that everything's going to be fine we're going to make this work we're going to you know this everything's gonna be great like that's, that's probably my favorite quality about her. Nice. And as far as the hall of fame i you know it would I'd, i would like to think that she would have a say in it but I, it's hard to hard to imagine anyone um before trish you know doing nice. it yep Guillermo, how was winning your first world title from Jeff Hardy and becoming the first British-born world champion for a major company in over 100 years? It was obviously like, well, you know, as you've mentioned in the question, very flattering. Um, and it meant, meant a huge amount to me, still does. Um, you know, that the Big and Dixie and, uh, you know, everybody in management there, you know, had the faith in me to do it. And obviously Jeff. Um, you know, it was a, a bit of sweet, it's a bit of a weird, I, I got a concussion in that match. And so, you know, I, <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever had a concussion and I remember, you know, and it was like, so having to process it, but yeah, I mean, overall, like, you know, I, I'm very proud of it. Very nice. Charlotte, uh, been a huge fan for years. I would like to know who's your number one influence in the ring. I would probably say Brett, but, uh, it's, but it's Brett, it's Rick. It's Harley, it's Triple H, it's Nick Bockwinkle, Scott Hall, um, Kurt Hennig, but Brett probably, you know, wins out the most. Okay. 
Very nice. Uh, let's see. A couple more quick ones. Um, a lot of people are asking what's next for Nick Aldis. Uh, yeah, well, let's, uh, free, let's free agency. Free, free agency. agency. <laughs> That's it, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I know it's been suggested that, you know, that there must be something, there must be something else. And it's, it's no, I like truthfully, um, I, I'm just, I, I want to explore free agency. I want to, just be you know free of um uh, you know a contract and sort of you know a certain brand commitment you know like a sort of a branding of any kind for a minute and and uh and and just see what comes next yeah you want to be uh, in other words you want to be a true independent contractor yeah just <laughs> uh, it was you know just 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 it was just time to move on that's all sure know? sure yeah yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the joy of freelancing, man. You, right, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have I, like I have other businesses. I have you know legacy sports nutrition, and we have some other businesses that we're working on. And it's so so, and you know, as far as wrestling, it's like at this point, um, I, I feel like I can deliver. You know, wherever, um, and I just love the business, uh, and I you know, I feel like I can contribute to a pretty high level. So it's it's just a case of um uh, if I, but but at the same time if i'm gonna spend time away from my son and i'm gonna take bumps <laughs> i've got to be feeling it yeah it's got to be something that i'm passionate about i've got to yeah. be feeling it and i've got to feel like it's going somewhere that's it dude yeah make it count absolutely yeah yeah good stuff uh one more plug for december 3rd and uh word to find you in your socials to uh let you, you know to to stay stay abreast of uh what's going on in the the world of Nick Aldis, especially some type of you know special announcement of you working with somebody. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I could take, but I just I don't want to uh, take that away from the promotion. For sure, me. sure, fair I enough. Out first, but um, uh, but yeah, contest of champions. I'm very much looking forward to this. Tom Driven, New Jersey. Uh, I'm wrestling Sean Donovan, who's a very experienced guy. Um, probably deserves more uh, attention than he's had. And um, hey, maybe he'll get it. <laughs> uh, and like I said, big lineup, a uh, lot of lot of big names, uh, and I think it's going to be a, a really good night. You know, the guys involved in this know their pro wrestling, and um, the, you know they they they'll believe in what they're doing, and I believe in what they're doing. And it'll be a great show. Good stuff. And social uh, plugs? Socials. I'm on uh, Twitter at Real Nicoldis and then on Instagram at Nicoldis. I'm verified on both. I didn't pay for it. <laughs> I'm verified on both. So look for that. But don't get fooled, all right? If there's any fakes out there, right? Don't, right. don't come crying to me. Yes, indeed. Nick, all it's right. been a pleasure, man. Good chatting with you again. Yeah, you too. Thanks, doctor. Have a good one. See you. Bye-bye.